look at your announcement and is it something that a journalist who is acting as a gatekeeper would want to share with their readers or viewers? Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Hello and welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse, and today my guest is Mickey Kennedy. Mickey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Good to hear it. Mickey is a founder of e-releases. Uh, 22 years ago, they founded the company to help small businesses, authors, and startups increase their visibility and credibility through press releases. Mickey's service provides small businesses with a press release service they can actually afford, giving them access to the media and a national newswire with a personal touch. So, Mickey, why don't you tell me a little bit more about what you do at e-releases? Okay. So we basically started years ago, I was doing faxing of press releases and we started to get journalists asking if we could email them. And that's when the light bulb went off and I came up with e-releases as a, a way to email releases. And so we did that for our customers for a few years. And then PR Newswire approached us and said, Hey, why don't you also issue your releases through us? And I said, well, you charge a thousand dollars to move a release nationally. My clients couldn't afford that. So we looked at a sort of a win-win situation, trying to figure out how we could get the cost down. One of the things I noticed when I went out and visited them was their editorial team is on staff overnight for breaking news and Fortune 500 companies that might have a recall or something that just happened. And so, you know, I, I said, you could work on our releases overnight and get them set up for the next day. And so we started scheduling our press release distributions for next business day. And it's worked out really well. We've, we've been working with Pure Newswire for, for many years. And so for a much cheaper price, you can get the, the PR Newswire distribution with the original email distribution that goes to really targeted journalists, bloggers, influencers, and, and people that we feel would be a great fit for that press release. And uh, we've been doing it for, like I said, a really long time. And we have no salespeople at e-releases. If someone was to contact us, you would just talk to an editor. We have six of them. And, you know, they've, they've are willing to look at releases and hold people's hands through the entire process because you know, a lot of people that use us have never done a press release before. And so it's, it's a, a little bit of a strange universe. You know, you're, you're taking this document and sending it to the media, hoping that they'll turn it into an article. Nice. So I guess maybe just kind of before we dig into it a little more, why would a small business want to use a press release? Right. So there's uh, a few reasons, but the, the largest reason is just ROI. The ROI potential is massive. We did a press release last year for a company that was doing dining bonds and it was initiative to sort of help local restaurants originally across the country, but then moved globally that were affected by the pandemic. And so here was a way to, you know, for a hundred dollars, get like $200 worth of credit at your local restaurant that you want to support and gives them money during the pandemic. And they got picked up in over 
150 publications. I'm certain it was probably in excess of 300, but we just stopped counting the major ones when we got to about 150 publications. Wall Street Journal, all your major Washington Post, Huffington Post, there, you know, almost everyone was in there. A lot of food magazines and, and food publications as well, but all of the major media, including like CNN and, and places like that, wrote about it and covered it and linked to it. So you have all this influx of you know, traffic, potentially there was millions of dollars in revenue that was created through those articles and their cost for sending the press release, you know, under $500. So, you know, that ROI, you just can't capture any other way. You can't create an ad that is so exceptionally well that you can get millions of dollars in revenue for, for just a few hundred dollars. That being said, most press releases you know, are not that newsworthy. So the, the expectation might be just a few publications will pick it up. And, you know, what we see with a favorable outcome on average is anywhere from two to six publications pick it up. Often it's a trade publication, maybe a local paper, but sometimes there's just a national interest from various dailies or, you know, occasionally radio and TV as well. So it, it's it's a very cheap way to potentially get, you know, mass traffic and recognition. And when you do get those media pickups, you know, it does help your SEO to, to have these links from reputable news sites. And, you know, the, the potential there is strong if you have the right messaging. So you said that there's kind of the average press release only gets, you know, picked up by a few places. And then, you know, there's press releases that don't kind of really go anywhere. What do you think the difference there is? Like where are companies going wrong with their press releases? So the strategy is the biggest reason that most press releases fell. And when I was mentioning favorable outcomes before, the majority of favorable outcomes are, are two to four media pickups. 80% of our releases that we issue result in nothing. And it's very frustrating because the client is often disappointed and we're disappointed as well because we want people to get a great outcome. But if we look at the press release, it's well-written. It's probably the best well-written release about a new vice president of HR in your HVAC company. But the truth is nobody cares about that new hire. And those are the types of press releases that we get. We get ones where there's a new feature added to a website or rollout. You know, somebody spent a lot of money making their website more mobile responsive. They feel like they should do a press release about that. The truth is their own customers probably don't care very much that there's now a mobile responsive website. They'll appreciate it when they're on the website that it works better on their phone. But, you know, it, it doesn't really strike me or anyone as being newsworthy. So I always say, look at your announcement. And is it something that a journalist who is acting as a gatekeeper would want to share with their readers or viewers? And that's the real magic formula of how can you change it, shift it, or even throw it out and try something completely different that would be more newsworthy or, you know, more, I guess, friendly to, uh, towards readers and viewers. Because, you know, if, if it's something that they resonate with, then it will generally do well when you, in a press release. If it's not, it's, it's not going to do anything. And the mistake that we see a lot of clients do is they issue the safe press release because they can't think of anything else. And that's where, you know, putting on your creative hat and being strategic 
and really working on the strategy behind the press release is you'll get the, you know, the most ROI doing that effort than, you know, trying to make the press release as perfectly written as possible. So I think one thing that we've always found with our clients, because we issue press releases oftentimes for, for SEO value, but we also, you know, sometimes it's not just SEO we're after, it's actual public relations. So we want people to hear about the brand and stuff. We always tell our clients, you have to do something noteworthy before you can write a press release about the noteworthy thing that you've done. But does it always have to be some kind of like an event or, or a charity or something or? No. And, and actually, charity charity events often don't work extremely well outside the local area. What we see works extremely well. And I created a free master class that sort of talks about strategy, mostly to try to get my customers to send in better releases. And one of the top things that journalists love is data, statistics, survey. They love that. And so a lot of people are like, well, I'm just a small business. I, I don't have access to data, but that's not true. You can conduct your own survey. If you don't have enough people with your customers and your leads to fill out the survey. And generally, media like to see a 100 or more responses for a survey to be somewhat valid. You can contact a local trade association. Smaller trade associations often don't get the exposure that the larger ones do. And so they love attention. And so if you ask them to share your survey link with their members, often they'll do it. And you can also create a win-win where you can agree to co-brand your survey with them and say that you're issuing a release nationally over a wire. And they love that because that's like, you know, exposure for them. And it helps you because it gives you a boost of credibility that you are aligned with this trade show or trade association. And so that's an easy way to do it. Now, one of the tricks is I always tell people to put two or three quirky little questions. And sometimes they can be just open-ended questions. Often those are the ones that that get turned into articles, the quirky questions for like one that was auto repair association did with one of my clients. They just had an open field said that said, what was the strangest thing you found in a customer's car when they brought it in for repair? And there was the things like, you know, boa constrictor, grandma and an urn, things like that. And those were, you know, turned into top the 10 strangest things left in a customer's car. And then it's, you know, according to the, the survey that was put out by these two entities and, you know, that that stuff can get like dozens and dozens of articles and things like that. And that's something that's within the reach of almost everyone. Other things that work really well for people that's more strategic is being contrarian. You want to appear level-headed and, you know, not like the crazy uncle, but you, you want to basically counter what everyone else is saying. So, so many people right now are saying that, you know, electric cars are very environmentally friendly and progressive, and that's the way we should be moving. But a good contrarian might come out and say, well, while that's a laudable goal, there's a lot of environmental hazards created by getting these minerals out of the earth to create these batteries. And plus, we have now created a problem with how are we going to recycle and dispose of them properly at the end of life. And, you know, that it's completely reasonable. No one's going to think that person's crazy or a quack, but it it is something that journalists like to have because, you know, they're supposed to be fair and balanced, but often they're going to print with just one view. So if they easily have another viewpoint that's out there that gives the the cons uh, of a particular issue, that makes you 
right to be included. And they're going to include who you are and the context. So you're with a particular company. So your company will get a mention. And those are ways in which you can, you know, easily get included. I, I have about seven or eight in my master class that sort of go through that, but it, it, it does take a little bit of work, but it's not backbreaking work. And it, it is the kind of work that potentially could have, you know, with a good surveyor study, you could potentially get like a dozen media pickups, including some trade publications, newspapers, and things like that. And, you know, that's a great way to get traffic to, to your, to your website. And what my customers find is the customers they get from earned media, the actual articles that appear, they're often among the best customers and the most loyal type type of customers that they have. Very few of them go to the website and then open a new window and start price shopping or see if they can get it cheaper on Amazon. They want to do business with that company they read about in that article. That credibility, that implied endorsement that happens by appearing in a publication, you know, it creates this warm experience and the people really do have like a a deeper emotional connection to you when they place an order. Yeah, there's uh, definitely something there that also works on the search engine optimization world, you know, and we come from my agency, Hook SEO. Obviously, we're an SEO company even though we do advertising and all these other things also. But there's two fairly new guidelines in place that Google created this thing called the Quality Evaluator Guidelines System. And that is how their system, like their complex algorithm determines if something is more valuable as content than something else. And there's two parts to that. And one of them is called EAT, which is a funny acronym, but it stands for expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. So if news sources are citing you or your company and citing your data, that shows expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. So that's super valuable when it comes to SEO. And the other one's called YMYL, which is your money, your life, which is a terrible acronym, but Google is talking about anything that will impact the future health, happiness, or wealth of the person reading the article. So those are kind of uh, good guidelines, right, to work into your press releases. Is what I'm writing going to affect the future wealth, health, happiness of the person who's reading it? Or is it going to build a trustworthiness in us, authority, show our expertise. And then, of course, there's entertainment factors and things like that also. So those are some kind of good guidelines when writing any article, actually. It doesn't have to be a press release as it you know stands for Google and other search engines. Do you see, is there a pattern that you see from companies who have press releases that do consistently well? There is. We have one client that only does surveys and studies. They publish reviews on various industries, I think like across 20 to 40 industries. So they review companies in particular niches. And so as a result, they're able to do surveys across all 20 to 40 industries. So they're constantly doing surveys and studies and they're getting picked up all the time. I would say each 
press release probably, like I said, it's a, it's a favorable outcome. It's usually, I would say with them, four to 12 publications usually pick up every single one they do. Some go quite a bit deeper if it's uh, of more interest. And they did some stuff that was sort of COVID related last year. And those tended to get more like, you know, 20 to 30 places picking them up. And so, you know, that that's worked re- really well for them. We have a client who did not work very well. They were a local carpet company in New Jersey. And I honestly told them that I didn't think it was going to work very well, a PR campaign, because I couldn't think what would be newsworthy for a local carpet company. They don't make their own carpet. They're not really doing anything that was novel or unusual. But they said they had a budget and they wanted to do a press release every month. So on month five, we were talking and brainstorming. And, you know, I I was asking who their enemy was and they were telling me it was uh, the big box home improvement stores. And that wasn't who I thought it was going to be, but they explained why and they explained how they market against them and how difficult it is. And so I said, let's do a press release about that. And we did. And we got picked up in about 10 floor and trade publications. I didn't even realize there were that many out there, but they, they, they all responded favorably and asked for more. And we did future releases on marketing. Basically, uh, what we found was a, a blind spot where the floor and trade industry is not talking about marketing. And as a result, they're readers who are other local carpet companies across the country are hungry for how to market and how to, you know, distinguish themselves against the big box home improvement stores. And so it they've done really well and it completely changed things for them. And they ended up monetizing it, increasing their ROI because of the, the news coverage they got. In addition, they also got like a local newspaper and a local magazine as part of their ongoing PR campaign. And so when they go and give someone a quote, they used to try to come in two to three percent less than what they thought the big box home improvement stores were going to do and explain that, you know, they're a, a better pad and uh, other things. So they put this big book of clippings in front of the homeowner and they sort of thumb through it with them, showing all the media pickup they've received and floor trading today, you know, this you know, wood floors and publication and things like that. And they say, you know, we're not going to come in the cheapest, but, you know, you're not going to find someone else who's been recognized as uh, nationally as much as we have. And here we are in the local newspaper as well as a state magazine. And they now convert like 20 percent more quotes that they get. And they're coming in 10 percent higher than what they think the big box home improvement stores are going to do. And so it's worked out really well for them. They call it their big brag book of PR clips. And it's something that their salespeople take out when they're doing quotes and and share with the people. And so it gives a huge credibility push. And, you know, it it shows that you have a, a stellar reputation. You've been recognized nationally. You know, people want those type of people coming to their house. They're like, oh, it's only, you know, $240 more. But, you know, they said that they have superior padding and their installers are salaried and get benefits. I think that this is the better choice for us. And and more homeowners are making that decision as a result. There's a lot of kind of purchasing behavior psychology that goes in with that being in, you know, a local newspaper is sort of that that team factor, right? This is our team because it's our home paper, our home city kind of thing. And there's also that it's association between 
something positive that you already have an opinion about. So if your company, if it's in carpet quarterly or whatever the name of the trade publication is, right, they're going to go, well, if that's that's the carpet magazine, they're not going to put in a bad company in the magazine, right? They've they imagine that they've pre-vetted the company and all of these things that can happen. They tell themselves a story about, you know, how if the company's in the magazine, they must be better, right? And that's a huge advantage out of the gate. And, you know, not to sidetrack too much, but I discovered something years ago that worked really well. And that's I would go out and I, I would meet with clients, right? Just like any other, you know, somebody's going to maybe interview a few marketing agencies to see who's the right fit, that kind of stuff. Everybody else shows up and they crack open their laptop and they throw their business cards on the table kind of thing. And it's like they're putting up like a barrier between people and then just chucking them their business card kind of thing. And I would show up and I would be like, hey, I brought you guys a copy of my latest book. And now I'm the expert because I wrote a book about it and I've given it to them. And then there's a thing called reciprocity principle also, right? I give someone something of value. They have to give me something back in return. And so there's all these psychological processes that happen when people associate things. So I don't want to get too deep into that right now, though. And that's a whole nother episode we could talk about. So let's tell me more about the masterclass. I saw it on your website. I actually signed up for it because I want to check it out, but I haven't I haven't gone through it yet. Right. Yeah. It's at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And it's basically a, I condensed it to under one hour video training that just goes through several different strategies that you or any company can employ to build a strategic press release. And I'm not replacing milestone press releases. If you have something like a new product that is coming out, it will certainly make sense to do a press release about that. But if it's just a refresh of an existing web product with minimal changes, it's probably better not to do a press release about it if you can do something that's more strategically important. And basically what I did was I looked at all of my customers that are what I consider successful and are doing really well and look for patterns. And I noticed the company clutch.co was the one that was doing all the surveys and studies. And I was going and looking at each release and trying to gauge what the response was. And what I was seeing was every single release was getting media pickup. And so they sort of knew what was working and I looked at the press releases and the articles, and that's why I discovered they're doing it smart. They're putting in the two or three quirky questions and put and getting these responses that are all over the place. And those are the ones that people are resonating with because, it, you know, everybody's interested with, you know, what what's going on in a particular industry. But if there's something a little outside the box, that makes it a lot more compelling. And talking with that client, one of the things that someone in their marketing department had noticed years ago was, the women's magazines are really good at putting these compelling headlines that say on, you know, page 89, what uh, every man should be doing in the bedroom. And they said that everybody goes to those type of things. And the media is the same way. If you've got something that's really interesting and a little quirky, they, you know, they want to know what the answer is. And it could be 2% of respondents feel this way or 98%. It really doesn't matter. They just want to know the answer. So if the question's good enough, uh, it will really intrigue them regardless what the actual outcome or answer is. 
And some of the other things that we came up with are just, you know, how to become a local media darling is one of those things that so many people come to us, e-releases and say, I'm really only interested in local media. And I tell them you would be better off not using a service like mine for something just like that. It's a lot easier for you yourself to get local media. You'd mentioned before just a a couple of minutes ago about the team factor of working with someone local. Journalists are the same way. So if you find out who writes and reports in your area about companies like yours, you can just reach out to them through email, introduce yourself and see if they might be interested in what you've got going on right now that you feel is worthy of attention. You don't even need a press release for that. You basically can just you know point them to your website and let them know what's going on that you feel is important and that they would want to share with their readers. And for most people, it's under 10 people probably that are able to write about you in your local area. So you can research and find out who these 10 people are. If it's radio shows or TV, you're probably looking for the producer or booker. But for everybody else, you're just looking for the writer. And you can call and just ask for their email address. Uh, they give them very routinely. It's it's not that difficult to to get. I I even called the Baltimore Sun and and said that hey, an email bounce. Who's now covering this beat? They they give it naturally. And you can also find some of this stuff online if you're a little shy about doing that. But I would say you know become a presence to your local media. I say reach out to them. You know four to eight times a year each as it seems natural and as you have. Have ideas for them. I always tell people, follow a competitor in a completely different market. So you're not competing against them, but just follow them, create some Google alerts. And what you'll find is sometimes they get picked up on a particular subject and you might reach out to your local media and say, hey, I've noticed some uh, people in the industry are beginning to talk about this. And I would love uh, to share our you know, views on this and, and, and what we're doing to address that. And so, you know, get, get that messaging out, create a connection. It, it's, it's about being human to other humans and forming basically a loose friendship where if you have a tip, you just give them the tip, even if it doesn't really help you out because it'll create goodwill and they'll appreciate it. And they'll remember you next time when they are working on a story where you might be a good fit. I found, uh, you could do a search on Twitter for whatever your location is, and then you can just put like reporter or freelance reporter or the hashtag of the news organization. And, you know, like I'm in Nova Scotia, which is in Atlantic Canada. So an example is I just searched for hashtag or or at sign you do both CTV Atlantic. That's the television station that has the local for where we live. And I was able to find about 12 freelance reporters and a couple full-time reporters that work for CTV Atlantic. And then I just friended them all on Twitter. I followed them all on Twitter. About half of them followed me back. And then when I put out a story or link something, there's a chance for them to find it. But also you can contact them when you have something, you know, press worthy and just ask them, hey, is this, this has come up in my company. Do you think this is something that, you know, would be interesting, you know, for your publication or for your station or whatever that is? In the course that you have, 
What's the cost of the course? It's completely free. My, my, my goal with creating it is to get my customers to do more strategic press releases because I know that if they do, the outcome is going to be a lot better than 80% of people not getting media pickup. So it, it's, it's completely free for now. I can guarantee that if you watch that one hour video, you will know more about press release strategy than most PR firms. And I know because most PR firms are the ones pushing the press releases that are the safe press releases that probably came from, you know, committee agreement. And, you know, there's nothing controversial, but there's also nothing really compelling that a reader would want to read about. Right. Is there a saying about, was it like a giraffe or a camel or something as a horse built by committee? Right. I can't remember how the saying goes down. I can't remember it either, (laughs) but I, 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 I... I know I've heard it before. I'm going to type it into the search engine and see what it is. A camel is a horse designed by a committee. There we go. All right. So don't have a committee design your press releases, folks. Mickey Kennedy with e-releases. Do you want to let us know what is the best way for people to reach out to you? Sure. If you visit ereleases.com, I think my socials in the lower right. It's also my personal LinkedIn there as well. That's the best way to reach me personally. If you have any questions about press releases or you're considering one, feel free just to visit the website. You can chat with one of the editors or call and speak with an editor. And uh, like I said, there's no salespeople, there's no quotas or commissions. So, you know, everybody's empowered to let you know if we feel a press release is going to be right for you and your company or the announcement that you're working on. And I do want to encourage as many people as possible to sort of, you know, put their creative head on and look at press releases a little more strategically and, you know, create some of these newsworthy opportunities that you feel you otherwise don't feel newsworthy enough to, uh, to merit a press release. I'm saying that almost anyone can with the right strategies in place. Perfect. And uh, if you guys want to check out the course, it's ereleases.com slash plan. I signed up for it. I'm excited about it because I love PR stuff and uh, my PR skills sometimes are a little bit lacking. I'll be honest, but I've been working on it. That's that's my thing for this year is to work on my my public relations skills. So Mickey Kennedy, so excited to have you on the show today. I think people are going to learn a lot from it. And I think it's going to help a lot of businesses that kind of get some more information out there into publications and into the news world. Well, thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.